Hello, and welcome to a very special late in the week recovery episode of the Jude Forum. This will be known as episode 8.5, eight and a half. Uh, the original episode eight was fully recorded and then fully corrupted by the old software I was using. So we ditched that, moved on to some real, some proper software, and uh, we we got the facilities for that now. So, uh, you know, pretty pretty straightforward show, fastest 69 seconds, and then I'm just going to recap with uh, some thoughts I had about what's been going on in the league over the last weekend and over this past week. Uh, time of recording is before th- Thursday Night Football. I'm going to leave it right there for you. And without further ado, here we go. We start in Tampa, Florida, where Bass had a one-way ticket to the fantasy playoffs until Blake... Flip turned him around and said, Back to Citrona for you, pal. A.J. Brown must have gone too heavy on the weak sauce, as his imaginary brother, Amon Ross St. Brown, showed up looking hotter than Blake's imaginary sister. Bass, 99. Blake, 100. What? Some spread. Did you know that on the Five Playboy players on top of each other, and Finger fucked them all just because his hand was so big he couldn't. Well, just like Andre, Chris, Jack, Charlie on top of Johnny, and Finger fucked them both. Bryce Devon digged his heels in. DeAndre Hopkins in that ass. Gave him the Mahomes special in there. Kelsey Cruders. They made it tough for the duo to Kenneth Walker the next day. You might say Ibrahim Modester them. For Johnny and Charlie, Chuba Hubbard was looking less chub and more like a two-incher in the middle of a snowstorm. They also have one of the most chronicled tight end situations in the league between Stanky Pitts and Evan Ingram of that stank stank, both of which dropped at Stanky four points. Stay tuned for their decision on who they start next week as they try to turn things around. Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. 147, Charlie Top, Johnny Bottom. We move it on up to Fernandina Beach, where Wynn homecoming gifted a dub to H5. Justin Fields continues to plow his way through the league like that time I cold commit your mothers. Trevor Lawrence put up a valiant effort, but failed to be Wynn's best option at quarterback. Hey, Wynn. We get it, bro. You're a Jags fan. Now put Aaron Rodgers back in, you nut job. H. Burr, 131. Win, 98. Henry's <laughs> season is getting so bad, I'm almost tired of talking about it. But not tired yet. So I wrote a little poem about his team. Roses are red, violets are blue. Henry's fantasy team. Is straight up doo doo. Tom Brady blows, can't make her sucks. Have fun sharing a team next year. Best of luck. Scary Terry Eric Sherry was saved by a massive performance from Justin Jefferson. Bowen Zachers tried to gritty like JJ. He tore his ACL and Eric lost him for the rest of the year. Good luck finding a tight end on the waiver wires, Eric. Scary Terry 114. 
Teach. We head on over to Birmingham, Alabama, where a stoppable force met a movable object. <laughs> Jenkins successfully reverse jinxed himself into a win in this Canadian standoff of a fantasy game. Go ahead, take the win. You need it more. <laughs> oh no, I couldn't. You take it, I insist. Speaking of the Canadian wilderness, has anyone seen Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Is that guy still alive? Jamar Jenkins Mock, 93, Phil, P.U., 56. <laughs> what? This manager finally made his case for first place as he beat down Jake Fox this week. Josh Jacobs, he rolled it. And he's doubled his way into 22 points. C.D. Lamb told Chase, you get C.D.'s nuts, kiss my tie the bass, and lick my Darnell Mooney. Meanwhile, Chase just can't catch a break, and he's going to have a, have to make a big push if he wants to sniff the playoffs. Or have Earl have to Dallas go fuck himself until next year's draft. Meow with Jenkins, it was actually David, 134, Jake Fox, 106. We wrap it up here in Sunny Duval as Palmer comes to town to see Ben's hot garbage roster. Start calling Palmer the arsonist because Ben's season went from trash to a full-blown dumpster fire. Will Ben make it out alive or will he choke under the heat of his first season in a real fantasy league? Remember, people, he wanted this smoke. Palmer, he rolls on. 145. Ben stinks. 89. Woo! What? And that was your fastest 69 seconds for week 10. Overall, pretty good week. Donnie and I, we stunk it up, but it was due. We'd been doing so well for so long. It's bound to happen, and Gray's team is good. Very good. And I don't want to go jinxing anybody, but dare I say, has he locked it up? It's a very top-heavy league this year, but Gray's team right now is hitting a stride. I mean, it is just in a class of its own. You better knock on wood, Gray. I'm telling you, there's something special about that team. Does anyone have a chance? Well, I can think of one team that does. And no, I'm not going to sit here and grandstand about how great my team is after the week where I lost to Gray. No, I'm talking about a, I'm talking about a little guy called H5, Hayward. He's got Justin Fields on his team, and this was the first thing I had written down for the week. Talk about a, a coming out party and a rival. Justin Fields, my word. He's so good. I think anybody in this league would kill to have him on their team. He's averaging 17.5 points per game in his last two games rushing. He's averaging Saquon Barkley numbers rushing. 
Doesn't and then and then you get his QB stats on top of that. Guy's unreal. He's establishing connections. You know, I don't even really want to go there because I'm a Trevor Lawrence guy. But people are talking. Did we make the right pick? Did we not? Like I said, I would never question that. <clears throat> I'm a Trevor Lawrence guy. But uh Justin Fields keeps playing like this. Those conversations are, are you know. We're having a conversation about a conversation. That conversation's then going to happen. But just the way that guy's been playing. And Hayward's team, I don't know, it's, it's sort of getting hot at the right time. It's got that kind of seven, eight seed kind of sniper shot pathway round the outside to the championship that we have seen year over year win this league. The one seed, the two seeds, one of the most dangerous spots to be in. And uh, I don't know, I mean, I just, I really, I've been impressed with the way that guy's been playing. Second thing I had on the docket here, this one, this is just riveting. I want to talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for a minute. Particularly in the way he has performed since Jenkins traded for him. We know it hadn't been great, but this has to be a, Front runner. And there's been some ugly trades, some bad trades. This has to be a front runner for worst trade of the year. And keep in mind, I don't even remember what Jenkins gave up, and I'm too lazy to look it up. And it's still that bad? Because whatever it was, it was too much. If it was one fab dollar, it was too much. Ugh. Let's look at this guy's game logs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he starts the season on a tear. Had to be a top five running back. 22, 15, 15, 22. Jingen said, let me buy high on this guy. He's going to the moon. Since then, six, three, here comes a big week, nine, almost hit double digits. Buy 2.9 at Tennessee. And then a whopping 0.0 at Jacksonville, at 0.00, or sorry, at home against Jacksonville, at home. You might think, well, you know, was it questionable going into the week? Certainly we got some kind of mention beforehand, you know, maybe pulled up lame, hurt in warm-ups, anything. Nope. Nope. Zero carries and two targets for zero catches. I mean, this guy has just, yeah, catch him on the side of a milk carton next season. MIA, Dunzo, Dunzo. I heard another podcast. They were floating this idea out there. You should drop Clyde Edwards Hilaire as your best recourse because someone might pick him up and start him against you. They call it laying the trap. It happened. It happened in my, you know, my my other league, my my twelve team work league. Someone did drop Clyde Edwards Hilaire this week. I didn't even put a claim in on him. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even want to tear into Jenkins that bad. I mean, it was a bad trade at the time, but nobody thought this coming. Good lord, awful. Speaking of trades. It's been a couple more going down in the league this week. One, since I had to re-record this thing, so call that a blessing in disguise. 
first, I want to talk about the one that went down on Monday. Hayward and Eric. Hayward gets Amari Cooper. Eric gets DPJ. That's Donovan, Peoples-Jones, and Cole Komet. So Eric gets a tie to Endu. Looks like he could be productive. And, uh, you know, cut Palmer a little slack. We recorded that last segment, or at least we wrote it before Eric had made this trade. So I guess he did find a tight end. Um, Kukum has been improving, but Eric gives up Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's been good this year, but there was an interesting statistical anomaly with him that was kind of piquing my interest. I wanted to, to bring it up to the rest of you. It's going to be interesting. Plus, it's one you can follow along with for the rest of the year to see if it plays out. So, Amari Cooper. We'll see if uh, Hayward's got, got a plan to start him uh, against Buffalo this week in a dome now because they are they wussed out of playing in the cold and the snow. Come me a break. But Amari Cooper, according to my uh, pro football focus fantasy points for statistic, that's PFF, FPF, uh, per grade statistical database that he so lovingly uh, provided for us. Mark Cooper is having a good year. He's averaging averaging 21 points per game. That's fantasy points at home. 21 fantasy points per game at home. And I'll give you a second. If you're sitting in your car and you're thinking, well, what could it be getting on the road? Can't be much worse than that. Take a guess. Any number. Get crazy. Incorrect. It's five. It's five. Points per game on the road. Unreal. It's hard to consider, but here I got it right at Carolina, four points. Home against uh, the Jets, a tough matchup. 25. Pitt at home, 23. Road at Atlanta, two. Home against the Chargers, 20. Home against New England, 14. At Baltimore, 10. That's a pretty good one. Home against Cincinnati, 22. At Miami, six. So, next question you might ask yourself, well, gee whiz, how many more home games does he have? The answer is three. Uh, he's got Tampa Bay coming up week after next, and he's got Baltimore and New Orleans in the fantasy playoffs, uh, first round and the, the semifinal round, respectively. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. We'll see how it goes the rest of the season, if that trend continues. But that seems to be kind of a career-long thing for him. And, uh, yeah, just – Hard to imagine, but good for Hayward. Give it a go. You know when to start him at home. I mean, if he's at home, you fire him up. Automatic. He's a beast. On the road, got to be a gambler. Got to be a gambler to want a piece of that action. Trade number two that happened. Phillip found the only person in the league who was, who was ready to trade for Cooper Cup, and it's a great trade for both sides, I think. Phil looked at me. He tried to offer it to me. I just don't think Cooper Cup's coming back this year. I talked to Donnie about it. I was like, look, if you're the Rams, why don't you ice this guy? Wrap him up. So, plus, our bench is just so good. So good that we just absolutely didn't have anything to give up for him that we that we wanted to. I didn't want to risk trading one of our amazing, incredible bench assets like Chuba Hubbard, who is for sale for the right price, by the way, uh, for, you know, some, some scrubs off of Phil's roster if that's what you want to call it so phil was able to offload cooper cup and get a couple pieces back Drake mckinnon uh, 
Kareem Hunt. He's right there with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Maybe they're hiding out together. I think he got six carries last game. Whoop-de-doo. So, I don't know. It was interesting. Last thing I had on my list here was just that after last week, uh, I'm going to call it both playoff races are wide open, both the race for the actual playoffs and the race to not come in last. Uh, you know, I really thought Henry had a, had a little chance there against Eric's team, but uh, Eric was able to pull it out. So Henry stays in the basement, Ben not too far ahead of him. And, uh, and Chase at three and seven, he's, he's off the bubble. You know, he's, if he can just piece it together, he's doing okay. He's also got 40 points uh, to make up on Ben as far as points scored goes. So a little bit of an uphill battle, but at least he's got that one game advantage. But Blake got a win. It came to me in a, in a I was thinking, damn, Blake could win out and still make the playoffs. Yoffs. He's not going to, but he could. That's a nice thought. Made me happy. Especially considering the team in front of him, Phil is sinking like an anvil that fell off the Dames Point Bridge. Just one of those years for Phil. But he is, by God, spit and duct tape and zip tying his roster together to bring it home. He's got the ingenuity. I'll give that to him. He is just praying, hoping a prayer that. He can get across the finish line with whatever he's able to, to scrape together. Jenkins got his win after calling himself a bye week all week. Give it a break. Your team's your roster's not that bad. But the fantasy gods punished him anyways by giving him a win and dropping him out of playoff contention for the time being. <clears throat> Looking into the fishbowl at this point. Hayward jumped in there, like I said earlier on. That team, I don't know. I'm getting the it's giving me the willies. Just something about it. You probably didn't like me talking about it so much because I'm in the act of jinxing it, but it is what it is. Bass's team right there, solid, but he's on a two-game skid. He's got to turn it around. Wins team. Also solid. Let's see here. He's yeah, he's got Derrick Henry, who's really about to start rounding into form. Oh, and another thing that was interesting, he outbid Phil by $1. And it wasn't a small amount. It was 43 to 42, if my memory serves, uh, to get Christian Watson off of waivers. That's what makes Fab so great. Like, subscribe, and comment below if you think Fab is a great waiver wire system. And also, if you think our waiver should be, if our Fab should be public, how cool would that be? Like an open auction. You get to see what other people are bidding. Just a thought I had. You got Eric's team, you got Donnie and I who lost and stayed right where we are, and then you got this just stacked top three, the league, juggernauts. You got Palmer, Gray, and David. And I was gonna I said this last time, last time I recorded this, that is. I'll uh I'm gonna cut be a little slack. He I'm I'm removing the fraud label from his team. His team is 100 percent legitimate. Uh all in all, just a good team. I still think Gray's team might have the edge, but uh, David belongs in the college football playoff if we're going that way. I know that's terms he understands a little bit better. Or maybe he doesn't because he roots for Auburn, and they're not going to sniff a college football playoff for a long, long time. 
I'm going to go on a little tangent here. They're also talking about getting Lane Kiffin. There's a rumor that's going around. I don't know if that's accurate. But here's a question we should all be asking ourselves. Is Auburn that much better of a job than Ole Miss? And there's only one authority on the matter, and that's Hayward Burnett. I want to hear from him. Let's get him on the pod. Do you think the Lane train is leaving? And do you think Auburn is a better gig? I'm not so sure. We shall see, though. Anyways, that's about all I got for this week. We're going into Thursday Night Football. Should be a good one. Best of luck to all of you. Peace. Oh, my God.